Good morning, good afternoon, or evening, wherever you may be. My name is Charles Comer, and I will be the host of the Over and Under podcast. On this podcast, we will be giving you the good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekly college football games. Not your typical college football podcast. I am a stats guy. I believe the numbers give you a good preview on how the games will be played out. However, upsets do happen, underdogs come to play, and stats don't matter in a dogfight. With me today, I have my fellow good friend and sleeper pro picks expert, James Spencer. How you doing, James? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? So over this weekend, we had a lot of interesting games. So I want to know, out of the North Carolina University of Virginia or the Utah-USC game, which one did you feel would have happened without the outcome happening first? Which one I think would have happened, regardless? Yeah. Let's see. I, I think the – which one is it? The Duke and Florida State game, I believe that one, it would have happened either way, even though it was pretty close at, at first. But uh, with their quarterback going out, like what, like close to the second quarter, close to the end of the second quarter or so, I think it might have been a little closer, but I mean, injuries happen all the time, so you got to just play through it or just show up uh, after your main main do goes down. So I think that one would uh, might just been closer, but I think the outcome would have been the same. You know what I don't like about I don't like about Florida State is I don't think Jordan Travis is that consistent. Oh, you I don't. don't. No, I don't think he's that consistent. I think, like, in the first game he played Clemson, I, I feel like we got a good second-half quarterback out of him. But ever since then, you know, he's been um, – his left arm is going to be kind of hurt. It's not throwing arm. But to me, Keon Coleman doesn't get enough touches for me. I don't understand how you're that tall, right, and you're that explosive, and, and the offense is not centered around you. You know, they got like two or three guys that are pretty tall, but Keon Coleman is a transfer from Michigan State, and I think he should be getting more touches. But which I I agree with they you. Got on that. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, which I agree with you on that. I feel like I think he he could put up major numbers if they would just give him the ball a little bit more because every touch that he did get, he was uh he was uh, getting them down the field. But like you said, I mean they're not they're not giving him the ball enough, which with with Travis though, I think I think he's still pretty consistent for the most part. He's just he spreads the ball pretty well. This game he had to actually run a little bit more than usual, but I mean he's I think he's still consistent. It's just he just spreads it around so much that Coleman just kind of gets left out in the wind. But I think if they feed him the ball a little bit more, then that they could uh what's it called wouldn't have games like this as this close. Even though Duke is still pretty good, but I think they could have maybe ran away with it earlier in the game. Yeah, this defense is pretty good. Um, I didn't expect uh, the quarterback to play, actually. I didn't think he was going to play because he had that high, high ankle sprain. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's the thing right there. Just, like, if he's 100%, I think, uh, like, it would be a little bit closer. But, again, if – Travis actually feeds the ball to Coleman. They could also just break away with it at the same time. But 
give a credit to Duke for actually like their defense stepping up and just holding Florida State back for as long as they did. I mean, your defense can do only do so much until they they just tire out and then that's it. You got to score points. The backup from Duke is uh, he needs more snaps. I think he, he's gonna need some more snaps because I don't think even I think with the quarter he played it wasn't it wasn't hot. So he's definitely mm-hmm. gonna need some more snaps. You see, yeah. uh, Florida State went to ACC all right. Mm, I could see Miami upsetting them later on in the season. Miami? Yeah. Maybe even Clemson. But I I don't I don't know. Florida State I, I don't believe in their defense as much as their offense. But that's just I me. Guess. Don't don't listen to me. I'm just <laughs> ta- just speaking You're my expert. truth. I, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think their defense is like that, but hey, whatever. Offense cool, but defense shoddy. But that's just going me. to speak. Yeah, going to transitioning into uh, into defense. The North Carolina University Virginia game was won on the defensive offensive line. Um, to me, this game. Early first half, uh, North Carolina defense did come up with an uh, interception in, um, in the end zone, an interception in the end zone, which led to a field goal um, and them going up 17, 14 and a half. But the second half of the game, it was kind of back and forth. Virginia had a fumble um, in the end zone that resulted in a touchback, and it was a perfect opportunity for everyone's favorite quarterback Drake May to be Drake May, right? And I just want to read off how the last two drives went, okay? So Drake May passed complete to Chapman. Drake May passed complete to Walker. Drake May stacked. Drake May incomplete pass. Drake May incomplete pass. Drake May incomplete pass. All right, so that was the second to last drive. Then again, they get the ball back, right? They got to mm-hmm. go down. It goes Drake May, incomplete pass. Well, Drake, sorry, Drake May, complete pass. Drake May, incomplete pass. Drake May throws an interception. So, back and forth, Virginia should have never been in this game. I don't know how they were in this game. I mean, you have the home field advantage. You have the Heisman study quarterback. Like I tell you, I'm a, I'm a stats guy. So on paper, this should have been a walk in the park. It should have been a happy homecoming, you know, like a happy homecoming game. You know, you book that team. That's okay. But, you know, they're coming to your house and don't embarrass them a lot. But, you you know, you send them on their way. But Definitely. Drake May is only completing 50% of his passes. So. When he played Louisville last week, he sorry. When he played Miami last week, he went seventeen of thirty-three, and then this week he went twenty-four of forty-eight. I don't think that's Heisman caliber, especially when you have people like Michael Penix and Bo Nix completing seventy-eight, sixty-eight percent of their passes, and you're just completing half, and you're losing. You know, you're losing games. 
Well, credit um, to Virginia on that part, just because their their running game is what really kept them in it. Just off of this, just right here, they rushed as a team for 228 yards uh, total uh, rushing yards, which Virginia is Virginia. So I mean, if you're letting them do that to your defense, that a number a top ten team with a solid defense, it's going to be hard to win a game. And then, like you said. Not even fifty uh, percent of uh, completing of his passes and everything, and then that pick at the end. I mean, I don't know Heisman caliber. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough right there. But I give more credit to Virginia for actually showing up and playing well. I think uh, UNC just took him for granted and just like another just quick game. I'm gonna throw for 400, 200 yards, five touchdowns, whatever, and get up out of here. And this is what happens. And they, they uh, what's it called? They didn't keep on the gas through the whole game. I mean, they let up after halftime. And this is what happens. And then your quarterback is just, he's playing well, but not as people expect him to play. Because, I mean, with the completions and attempts, I mean, you got to complete more passes than that. And it could be uh, on the receivers at times too, but at the same time, you you threw eleven times to Walker for 146 yards. I mean, something you're doing something right, but at the same time, what where are all these other passes going to? You need to spread this around a little bit, help your team out, but you also gotta not throw game decision interceptions when you're trying to go down the field. You have to you have, you can't do that, especially like as a Heisman candidate. Like you can't do that, especially like at a crucial time of the game like that. It's just it doesn't work. It, if if where you're trying to go as a program and everything, that's not it. And you, being a top ten team, you got to play better than that, especially with a team like Virginia. But credit to Virginia again, they showed up and played well, and they came out on top. But as Greg May and UNC, you cannot let that happen, especially in the ACC. You have to win. And and you say, you know, credit to UAV's offense, but their defense, North Carolina went four from 13 on third third down conversions, and they were zero for two on fourth down conversions. I don't, you know, with, with being North Carolina, you know how it's like if you're Alabama, right? You know everybody's going to come in and give you their best effort, right? Yeah. They're going to be like, we beat Bama, right? With North Carolina kind of having that status this year that, okay, we're undefeated, I think this is the first taste that they got, like, okay, everyone's going to give us their best effort, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the stats that UAB had, unreal, right? They they don't mm -hmm. do that every week. They were one in, they were one in five. Yeah. One in five. You let a one in five team come in there and, and basically out – be more physical you almost the whole game and mm -hmm. when it when the play needs to be made, make the plays. You know, so yeah. Overall it was a good fight and I'm glad that the Cavaliers came out victorious. Uh but speaking of victorious, this is kind of the game I want to talk about. And you you kinda of brought these stats up to me about three and oh you know he mm -hmm. Utah is Utah lost their 
starting quarterback Cam uh, Rising in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Rising is one of the quarterbacks that has, you know, got to that status of being Utah's, like, caliber quarterback. Um, the U.S. team got embarrassed last week in Florida Notre Dame. You know, they mm-hmm. got embarrassed pretty bad, and it was a poor performance on the offense side. In an okay performance from the defense side because most of Notre Dame points came from them being on a short field, right? So I can't say that Notre Dame really started at their one and drove all the way down, right? Yeah. Um. So in that environment, you know, I think you USC forgot that, like, okay, our offense didn't play so well last time, our defense did, but our defense still is a liability. You know, mm-hmm. to this team, um, Utah had a total yards of 482. 247 of those came, kept 247 of those yards came on the ground. Um, I don't know if you know who Bryson Barnes is, but um, the Utah coach uh, at the end of the game saying, well, at the beginning of the game, they're like, you know, they got a Heisman caliber quarterback, Caleb Williams, but we got a pig farmer called Bryson Barnes. So, I don't know, you know, the kind of jokes from going around on, on Twitter. And I don't call it X. I call it Twitter, right? Because it's small. Is that, you know, they got beaten by a pick farming, right? Yeah. He was 14-23, three touchdowns through the air, one interception. Um, his main target, Vaki, I, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, but if I'm not, I, I do apologize. Yeah. Five catches, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Nine carries, 68 yards. He had an overall of 217 yards, all-purpose yards. He was the difference maker in this game. And to be honest with you, the last two years, he's played on defense. Oh, what? he just started. Yeah, he just started playing on Utah, Utah's offense uh, about two, two or three weeks ago. They put him in the rotation. That's a great so, transition. You can't, you know, you can't. To go from that's kind of like what Travis Hunter plays both ways. This guy's just like, all right, I've been playing one way, and then come over here and just put him in the offense, and he just goes off on like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm I'm worried about USC for the rest of the season. To be honest with you, <laughs> which I mean, yeah, I've told you this. I don't believe in USC. I've never. I don't even believe in Williams. Like, yeah, everybody can believe the hype or whatever, but this man threw zero. Touchdown passes this game zero. That's your Heisman. That this your this your king right here. This, this is who, who you, <laughs> this this who I want to win the Heisman. Like bro, what 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 is, what are you doing out there? Like it's I don't know. He's just I he's the average quarterback to me. And people can be mad about it or whatever, but I don't see I don't see it. I don't know why people are saying he's this and he's that. And I mean, like versus versus non twenty five non top twenty five teams, he's seventy percent completions, passing yards three seventeen, TDs seventy eight to seven. Versus top twenty five, fifty one percent completions, one hundred seventy two passing yards, six and six TDs to interceptions. I mean, when he has to play big for with a a top caliber team, he ain't showing up. And this is a perfect example. He made it through through for 250 yards, but where where the touchdown passes? How are you helping your team with this? And their defense, oh my goodness. What where is the defense in USC? I mean, 
you let Utah run all over you. And Barnes just did whatever he wanted. I mean, he did have that one pick, but, I mean, Utah had no problems running their offense. They just outplayed him. USC is just all hype to me. You know, I kind of – I disagree with you that Williams is just not him. Like, he's not that person, right? I feel like at some point, I think the system that he's in, right, because – with Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley is an offensive, uh, you know, coordinator that came, well, not offensive coordinator, but he's offensive-minded, right? He came from Oklahoma, which Oklahoma is so happy that they got rid of him. I hear it all the time on Twitter. Um, but Caleb Williams, I've always said, because me being an offensive lineman, you're only as good as your offensive line, right? In the Notre Dame game, they got exposed. The, the offensive line got exposed. And I'm pretty sure Utah went and watched that film like, okay, this is what we have to do, right? Uh, we got to make him get outside the pocket. And even if he does get outside the pocket, he's going to make a couple plays because he is Caleb Williams, right? But we're not letting him do every, every uh, snap or every possession we have. We're not going to let him have an explosive play, right? Now, they did have some explosive plays. They had, like, the, uh, what, I think the 78-yard catch by, uh, I think it was Rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Rice. that uh, I didn't think he was going to catch that, but that was a good catch. But if they went out, right, they've lost two games because they lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Utah. They got to play Washington. They got to play Oregon. <laughs> That's going to be tough, you know. Let's just say they do beat those teams. Let's just say he has overall Save. crazy, a crazy stat, right? He goes, what, 25 for 25 for 32, 320 yards, four touchdowns. And they beat Washington and they beat Oregon. Are we still saying that he's he's not the caliber? He's something he's not that person? Because those are big games. They're top teams. I'm not worried. He hasn't showed up to against top teams. So I mean what am I going to be worried about? He's playing Washington and Oregon, which are the better teams in the Pac-12. I mean, what what am I going to be worried about? I just gave you those stats. He doesn't show up against top 25. Like, I'm not worried about it. If Until he proves me wrong, then, nah, he's average. He's he's average. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I will say, hopefully, the uh... – I think they go into a um a buy. I'm not 100 sure, but I will get that. But hopefully the Chargers yeah, so. can bounce back. They go into a buy next week. Hopefully they can bounce back. Um, Lincoln Riley didn't let any of the players be interviewed. Caleb Williams didn't shake Mar uh Bryson Barnes' hands at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know your coach babies you. You act like a baby. You get beat like a baby. You know. So that shot's king. Like I said. <laughs> At the end of the day, um, hopefully the Trojans can bounce back and hopefully we can see them make them to a, an okay bowl game because the college football playoffs is out of the question. But whose college football place is not out of question is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, James, tell me your uh, key points from this takeaway of this game, Ohio State versus Penn State. Ohio State's defense is top tier. Goodness. Not letting these dudes score a touchdown is crazy. And with a, what were they, number six or something like that? 
at the at that point. Goodness, Ohio State's the real deal. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. That guy is a grown man playing out there with with children. To be honest, in Penn State, they tried. I mean, I mean, it looks like a close game, but <laughs> these are all field goals. And with total rushing yards forty nine, passing yards one ninety one, total yards uh, overall the whole game two forty. That's crazy. Just to had that kind of set. I mean, uh, Ohio State didn't have the best rushing uh, attack either, but their passing game is crazy. Their defense, their defense can take can carry them all the way. But to be honest, I think Penn State still still can have a chance. They're still a pretty good team. They just got to bounce back next week. Because uh, I mean, taking a hard loss like this against Ohio State that you haven't beat since like what twenty fifteen to sixteen. It's going to be uh, tough to try to recover for the next week. This is that hangover like some of these other teams had this week. So if they can get over that and keep playing while throughout the season, they may have a chance to uh, rectify this and hopefully play a little bit better and put up points besides just field goals. But Ohio State, kudos to them because, I mean, they're just moving along. No no problems at all. Now, you know, the, the, thing, coming up, the thing coming into this game was – Ohio State is not tougher than Penn State. Penn State will be more physical. They're going to lock up Marvin Harrison Jr. Drew Aller is a way better quarterback than McCord. And like the whole week, I was just like, you know, okay, let let me see, let me see what what's happened in the past, right? Penn State hasn't beat Ohio State in like I think he's like one. Well, the coach is like one sixteen against Michigan and Ohio State. Like that, I don't know how you bet on Penn State with a stat like that. I don't know um, how you click. I don't know how you click. Hey, let me let me make sure that Drew Aller throws three hundred and twenty-five yards. He's going over. I don't. I don't understand that. Right. Um, Drew Aller was eighteen for forty-two with a hundred and ninety-one yards through the air. 70 of those yards came in the last drive where basically Ohio State was just like, okay, just throw what you want to throw. We Garbage time. Right? Garbage time, right? Uh, Ohio State's defense held Penn State one of 16 on third down conversions. Um, and as you said, the the key takeaway was this game was the person they couldn't couldn't put coverage on. Uh, Gus Johnson calls him Maserati Marvin. 11 mm-hmm. catches, 160 yards, one touchdown. Um, McCord found this mismatch. Um, I still think the offensive line for uh, Ohio State's a little shaky because uh, McCord took some sacks, but I think that comes with a rivalry game of this caliber. Yeah. McCord went for a 22-35, 286 yards through the air. It was a, it was a good win. But I'm excited to see them play Michigan, and I want to be sure if they can beat Michigan, I'm like, okay, you can go play Georgia. You can yeah. beat Georgia this year, right? Because last year it was it was not good. You yeah, know? exactly. Okay, you can go beat Georgia this year. Um, now let's say Penn State beats Michigan for some odd reason. Drew Aller gets it together. They figure it out because you know they have. 
They can't mm-hmm. throw the they can't throw the ball downfield. They haven't had an explosive play where they threw the ball more than I think it was twenty or thirty yards downfield like the whole season. And that's what yeah. a lot of analysts were talking about. Like, hey, Penn State, it's just okay, ten yards here, fifteen yards here, and they're working down the field. They're like they're not going to be able to do that against Ohio State. So I'll be interested interested to see if they can get that together and have a, a better showing up. Um, Ohio State plays Wisconsin next, I believe. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, long as long as they don't get oh, a, a big head, like uh, Carolina, they should be fine. Hey, underdogs come to play. You're number. You you are your top team. Everyone's mm-hmm. gonna come give you their best. Right. And that that's because the thing. I'm t- like. Teams like that are hungry for a win against these top five, top ten teams. And, I mean, you you might have won this game against the top team, but if you don't play well next week, this team might sneak up on you and you're going to be in trouble, like Carolina. But even better than Carolina, let's talk about these Texas Longhorns. <laughs> let's talk about the Longhorns. Um, update, yours is going to be out for about three to four weeks. Oh, okay. Did not know that. So we're gonna, yeah, that that was reported today. Uh, three to four weeks. Um, so we're gonna go with the backup Malik, mm-hmm. and then after him, Archie Manning. So okay. I don't think Archie's gonna be ready till next year. Yeah, maybe a year after that. They said he needs some development. Um, but overall, I think Texas played down to the level of their competition as they do. A lot, you know, they play mm-hmm. down to the level of the competition. What were they tied with Wyoming in the fourth quarter? Right, Wyoming. We're talking about the Windy City, Wyoming. They're tied with Wyoming Windy in the fourth City, quarter. Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wyoming's a tough team. Every time the Texas team plays, not just Texas, but like any Texas team that plays Wyoming, they always struggle. I don't know why, but they always do. I don't think Houston should have ever been able to hang with them, though. You know, like Houston won a game last week off a of Hail Mary. Uh, uh, who, I forgot the team, and, and I apologize, but I forgot the team of a Hail Mary, right? Their coach is on the sideline about to have a heart attack because it's just every game. He's just, he, he's on the hot seat. The boosters and everybody, they want a, they want a good season in Houston Cougars, right? Well, everything so, runs through uh, their quarterback, and if he has an off game, they're not going to win. And he showed up this game because I put money on last week, and he did not show up for me. Anyways, besides the point, but <laughs> he uh, he really showed up against Texas this uh, this week, and kudos to them because they were down 21-0 already in the second quarter and just stormed back and made it a game. And if they played like this every week, Houston would be a problem for going for uh, furthermore into the season, but he doesn't always play like this. He he shows up when he wants to, and I'm also Texas just came off a, a buy from after playing Oklahoma, which uh, I think it was just a hangover from the, from having the bye week and then having that big game the week before, and that's why they played like this. I mean, they did play, come out playing well, but I think it's just like a a hangover by that just you have to get your feedback under you to play uh play a real game and not just practice and everything like that. But um 
they you you have to shake that off. Even if you're up twenty one zero, you got to keep on the gas. This this is college football. You got you got to just keep keep just put pouring it on until you know for sure that you're gonna win. But I mean, Houston came out and played and played really well. The they he threw for three hundred seventy eight yards and three touchdowns. I, like I said last week, this man was not doing this for me. So he's a different person this week. He's a there's a whole different guy out there this week. Yeah, Donovan Smith was a, a whole different guy. Um, like you said, 378 yards, three touchdowns. You were 23 for 29, 211 yards through the air. But the big thing for me is uh, Jonathan Brooks, 90 yards rushing. I, that, that doesn't seem right to me, right? To have the, mm-hmm. I say the top running back, not only in the Big 12, but I think in the nation. 90 yards. I need to I need the playbook to be opened up. Okay. I need the playbook to be opened up because you oversize at least everybody by at least 50 pounds on the offensive line. You know, downhill. I, that's what Texas is known for. Downhill running. I don't I don't need us getting this uh RPO, you know. Rotation, okay. Maybe Ewers keeps it. Maybe he doesn't. Let's let's put a fullback in there. Let's put Brooks back there. Let's run the ball downhill on first and second down. So if we do get to a third down, it's not third and twelve where Ewers has to throw a a slant or a fade to make the first down. You know, it's mm. to me I, the the thing I the thing I liked about the game and like that Texas finished. Because uh, a lot of times when they get in games like this, they don't finish and they end up losing them. Yeah. Um. But I need I need Sarks to open up the playbook. But however, um, on our a thing you know we like to do on this over and over over and under podcast. Over under. Did you think that the Houston third down conversion uh, that was marked short? Did you think it was good or you think it was short? I watched that play a few times and. I'm just saying, I'm, I think it was the first down, but again, I'm watching from the TV. I'm not down there. He might have got short, but the what's it called? The the line on the the first down line on on TV could be a little bit off from what I from what you see in real in real time. But for me, I thought it was a first down. But hey, I'm not a ref, so I I could be wrong. But from what I saw, that was a first down. But I don't know. I think. I think it was a first down too. I think they did get away with that. Um, but real quick, I going think, back to to Brooks, real quick, he had twenty carries, and uh, the, I think I give it more to Houston for uh, holding him that holding him out of the end zone. He still had ninety nine yards rushing. It it wasn't like a a bad outing. He just he needed one more yard to go over a hundred. It wasn't super bad, but I give it to them for holding it, hold him out of the end zone. Cause the week, not the week before, but when they played Oklahoma, he had the same amount of carries and he had 129 yards in a touchdown and he was through for more yards. I don't think it's more of like the RPO and everything. I think it was just more of Houston keen on him to keep him out of the end zone and not have him t- uh, dictate the game and the running game and make it go through Ewers uh, to beat them. Uh, with his arm and everything, but it's still, I know it looks kind of shaky because he had 20 carries, but he was still uh, doing pretty pretty well on the ground. Uh, he had, 
what's it called? Uh, about like five five yards of average a carry going into uh, go into that in that game. So it wasn't super bad, but I mean, I, like I said, I think it's more of Houston playing uh, well against them than anything. They just really really showed up uh, this week. So Texas um, has a pretty easy schedule going for it. Like Kansas State um, is – what did you say? Yeah, I mean, Kansas State ain't no, ain't no slouch. It's the Big 12. It could be a game. But that hey. – But they found a quarterback, right? They got a quarterback. He's just Weaver, isn't he? I think they found uh, a quarterback. So. Pretty good. Hopefully, we can continue. I'm just a Texas fan, so you know when I when I'm talking about Jones Bridge, I'm just I'm just disappointed that I didn't get. Yeah, I want more. I want more out of him. I want the mm-hmm. workload to be 28 carries a game. You know, what I want to have 20, like 40 carries. Nah, you yeah, want 40. You know, 40, you, you want to run this man to the ground. <laughs> nah, I need him healthy. You know, week to week, not 40 carries, but I still want him to be active, right? Um, yeah. Texas makes it to the Big 12 championship over mm-hmm. under. I'll take the over. What's your, what's your choice? You'll take the over. over? I, I think it's going to be Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, to be honest, again. Um, I really don't see anybody else really competing with with them, at least. I mean... Who 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 all is in the Big Twelve right now? It's like eighty five different teams. So Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, BYU, West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Texas, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati. I yeah, I can I can see maybe if Kansas State pulls something out, maybe Oklahoma State. They're not playing bad. They're just they're not showcased on TV. To be honest, they're not. Nobody's watching them. So, if something happens, with like if Oklahoma State ends up being Oklahoma or something like that, or Texas ends up losing to Kansas State and Kansas State just wins out, then I don't see anybody else besides Oklahoma and Texas in the championship. Speaking of Oklahoma being an Oklahoma, they almost they they almost and UCF plays so well. <laughs> They almost took an L in uh, Oklahoma over this weekend. Um, but Daniel Gabriel found his uh, target, Stoops and Anderson. Uh, they showed up big time for him in this mm-hmm. game. Um, I did not have them on my list uh, this week for my picks. So um, I, I, I kind of want to blame you for that because I did copy one of your, you know, one of yours. So. But, okay. See. See. First of all, uh, I don't know why you just copied copy me. You could have t- taken a different receiver because I thought Far- Farouk was gonna be that guy. He just. I mean, after he, how how it went against Oklahoma and uh, Texas, I was like, oh well, he's gonna be number one going in because they they lost their uh their top receiver. Boy, I was wrong. This, this uh, redshirt freshman Anderson got two touchdowns off top with 105 yards. So. Hey, sometimes I'm wrong. I I'll take that one, but 
You didn't have to copy completely what I, what I put down either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I was like, Stoops, Anderson. I was like, where's Farouk? Where is he at? Like, what are we doing right now? I'm like, if the ticket is the only, the only thing that doesn't hit on this ticket is that, I was like, I'm going to be pretty upset. But I had some other things on the ticket that didn't hit. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not 100%, you know, upset. But yeah. Do you see the uh, Oklahoma-Texas game? With them having that uh, kind of like a jet lag, made both of these teams play. Um, I, it's kind of like sleep rocking this game. I think so. Coming off that big game and then going into a bye and then just not, uh, what's it called, not playing a game for a week, I think it, it hit both of these teams pretty hard. Um, I mean, they, they ended up powering through and pulling it out at the end, but that, coming off that bye and then playing the Red River, Red River rivalry, it's a. Uh, that's tough to come go into a bye week like that and and then try to come back after that and UCF and then and Houston they they're not the greatest but if you give them a chance and you're top five team top ten they're gonna play their hearts out regardless and you got to show up even if you have that uh, that bye and you have that hangover from the from the game the the bye and the game a week before you ha- you still have to show up on these games I mean. Of course, they pulled it out, but it shouldn't even have been a game, to be honest. Right. You know, as we say, though, the underdogs do come to play. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you take a peek at the uh, controversial call of the Iowa game? Of the, uh, oh, yeah. Turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, that's crazy that they call that because – if you already thought it was a, a fair catch, why don't you just call the ball dead already? You let the play run out, and then afterwards you want to go and review it. And it, his hand, like, he was, like, telling his, his teammates, like, to just watch out, move, move out the way. His hand wasn't even up, so I don't I don't understand why they called that. It's That was a, a weird situation for the refs to take into their hands like that. If you thought it was a fair catch, you should have just called the ball dead at that point. And you can tell that. Nobody thought the ball was dead. Everybody was still coming at 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 dude, and uh, he takes it for a TD. Terrible call by the refs to, to take it into the hands and dictate the outcome of that game. Yeah, that was the that was the game because mm-hmm. they got it and then they couldn't convert. Right, so yeah. me, so the call was an illegal. Hand like a legal hand movement of a fair catch, basically. I've never heard of that rule before. Never, right? Like, I've been watching college football since forever, right? Like, yeah, or forever. I've never heard of an illegal fair catch hand signal rule, so that's a new one to me. Um, but now that that has happened, I need to make sure that everyone gets a memo hey, don't be waving your hand illegal with your left hand because if they call back something. And you run it back, and there's one second left. They're gonna call it back, you know. So, but at the same time, uh, you've, seen, you've seen punt returners always like move away from their hands, like just to get out the way, like just get away from the ball and everything. You've always seen that, but just because it was just he just used one hand, and and uh, at the same time, like it didn't even go up. So I, you can just tell it's like just move, move. That's all it was, and I don't know. It I don't like I don't I don't like that call at all. Like. To again, just calling it dead like that, cool. But don't let me score, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know what, handbook, illegal hand or whatever it was, just 
Or you can pull that rule. Like, it, I don't know. Terrible call. Yeah, I do think it was a terrible call. Um, but, you know, it it shakes up a lot of things in that Big Ten because Iowa was supposed to be, you know, the team of the West. They can't even get an average, like, a 200-yard game. It is, it's pretty ridiculous how bad their offense is. But you win games, you win games. I really, you know, I really can't say anything about that. Yeah. And Iowa shouldn't have had, shouldn't have let the refs dictate. They sh- it shouldn't have been a game like that. Uh, talking about Iowa, they should have played better and not let the take it into the refs' hands. But hey, people show up and some people don't. That's how it went for a lot of these games. A lot of these top yeah. teams too. Speaking of uh, top teams, the uh, the AP poll came out today. Um, a lot of changes. Um, we got a new, not a new number one, but a new 25, I guess you could say, the number 25 team. Um, James and Madison mm-hmm. came in, uh, the new 25 team. I don't know if you haven't been able to watch them, but their defense is crazy. I haven't watched they got a, a, guy a lot of James Madison, but from what you told me, I, I believe it. That, I mean, from James Madison, like, you would never think of, think of uh, them being that solid, but I'll take your word for it. They got a guy named Jaden Green. He averages, I think he averages about three sacks a game, and he they played. Um, sorry, it's off the top of my head. The team that they played, he had five sacks, which is like an FCS record, Damn. right? Or FBS, a FBS record, right? Mm-hmm. So. They just came from the FCS. Um, but the the bad thing about them is they can't play in the bowl game. Yeah. And they play, can't play for the conference title. They agreed to that. They didn't agree to you. They agreed, like, hey, since we're coming from the FCS to the FBS, can't play in the bowl game, can't play in the conference championship. But I think that rule should be overturned because I just think they're too good not to watch on a big yeah. screen, you know? They're having a season right now. Oh, the team they played was Marshall, by the way. Marshall, yes, Marshall. They played at Marshall too. Pretty good environment there, yeah. but uh, they took the win. So I'm gonna go ahead and read off the uh, top 25 teams. Tell me if you agree or don't agree. All right. All right. Georgia one. Okay. Michigan two. Ohio State three. Florida State four. Washington five. The Oklahoma Sooners six. Texas Longhorn seven, Oregon eight, Bama nine, Penn State drops three spots to number ten, Oregon State goes up one spot, Ole Miss thirteen, Utah fourteen, Notre Dame fifteen, two loss LSU sixteen, Missouri seventeen, North Carolina. 18, Louisville, 19, Air Force, 7-0, best defense in FBS right now. Duke drops four spots to 20. Tennessee Vols, 5-2, 21. 22, Tulane. What? I don't – I, I, I will talk about that on another podcast, but I don't get how to <laughs> rank that high. <laughs> UCLA. 
23. USC dropped six spots, 24. And then right. your new uh, number 25, James Madison. Um, the only reason LSU was ranked with two losses is because they're a part of the SEC to me. That's the Definitely. That's the only, uh, the only, I, the only other think, problem that I have with it is I think Oregon should be over Texas. I think their loss to Washington was was not as bad as Texas lost to Oklahoma. To I, I I can agree with that. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think James Master should be over USC. I think USC should be number twenty five. To be honest. But uh, for the most they part, I mean, all right. Um, for the most <laughs> part, I think uh, that's uh, I don't see anything. Oh well, I feel like Missouri might be should be over uh LSU even though they beat them. But I think Missouri's having a better season. Um, other than that, I don't I don't really have a problem with anything. I didn't think Alabama was going to jump to the top ten though. I thought I, I would think it'd been probably they would have stayed at eleven, and uh, Oregon State. Oregon moved, State. Oregon State moves up one more spot, but that's just me. Um, well, the thing is, it's a lot's gonna change in these coming weeks because yeah, the number two team and number three team have to play, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio in Michigan. And then the number 10 team has to play. Penn State has to play them. The number 6, 7 team, Oklahoma, Texas, are going to play again. Washington has to play Oregon. Mm-hmm. Well, they already played, so that happens. But Oregon State has to play Oregon. Um, Utah has to play um, Washington. So there's a lot that's going to that's gonna be going on. UCLA has to play um, – USC, so yeah, we'll we'll see what what happens, but and then LSU has to play Bama. That that may be that may be the factor if Alabama wins the SEC West. Yeah, if, if they they beat LSU, if, mm-hmm. and I don't to be honest with you, I think they're gonna lose that game. I think it's gonna finally come the Nick Saban. Yeah, I think they're gonna lose again LSU. Bama's secondary is its weakness. Their offensive and their offensive line is their weakness. Their defensive line and their linebackers, which I think forever, as long as I've been watching Bama, have been their strength. But they've also usually had a great quarterback, not a good quarterback, but a great quarterback. And I don't think Jalen Milrow is a great quarterback. I think he's just he's 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 good enough to to get the job done. He's not yeah. Jalen Hurts. He's not no Tua. You know, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Only, only thing speaking I, only, of, well, only thing on that just real ahead. quick, um, LSU's defense is who she. That's the only thing I I I can say about that. It's just if uh, Alabama can get their run game going and everything, and and Milrow, uh takes over, I mean LSU they they don't really have anything to to stop Alabama, but the their offense is pretty. Pretty explosive, but I, it will, I think it comes down to more of a whose defense is going to be uh, the better defense that, when that game comes around. But um, LSU, and when that game does come around, 
they got to figure something out on defense to if they want to uh, beat Alabama this year. Just because just the teams they play, they can put up points all they want, but they got to stop somebody. And they play who they play Army. I mean, it's Army. Yeah, so. um, um, yeah it's Army. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we respect but, the truth, but it, you know, it's Army. Yeah, but they, yeah, they got to figure something out on out on defense for sure. Well, hopefully they'll figure it out. I will, we're, I'm gonna live stream that game. We, we should live stream that game when it happens. I'm gonna All take right. off from work. We'll Playing live stream the game. <laughs> Playing on the pod. Um, but give me your uh, give me your top five Heisman games after this week. After all the controversy, uh, tell me who's in your top five. I'm gonna let you know right now. Mine is probably gonna be totally different from the world because I believe that the Heisman the shouldn't world. be. <laughs> yeah, my I believe the Heisman shouldn't be just the best quarterbacks. You know what I mean? I think it should be yeah. the best players in Play college player. football. You know, players yeah. at this moment. You know, if a kicker yeah, yeah, yeah. was a hundred from kicking from a fifty-yard field goal, and I might put him in there. You know, I might. You know, I might oh, try to crazy. put him in there, but I don't have a kicker in there, just so we can know. So, but <laughs> all right. Uh, for for my top five right now, uh, there's no particular order, but it's just a top five. Um, McCarthy from Michigan, he's moving on up. He's been playing really well. Um, I like him in the in my top five right now. Um. When they play Ohio State, we're gonna see how good he really is. But for right now, I I, I like him there. Uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU is having a season for himself. I really I, to play on LSU with that defense, you gotta you gotta do something. And he's putting the team on his back right now to try to uh, keep them going. Um, I would take what's his name. Um. Uh, from um, Texas Tech, the running back. I can't think of his name right now. Um, I would put him in the Heiser race right now. This man has rushed for 100 yards every game so far. And yeah, he uh, that's all to- it- uh, Yeah, he, he's rushed for 100 yards every game. That, and that's all Tech has right now. I think he should be – he's in my top five right now. But uh, everybody – again, like you said, everybody looks at quarterback play. But I feel like he should be in there. Um, Bo Nix, I I believe he he's having a really good season. Uh, I like him a lot. Probably I might be a little biased because uh, I'm an Oregon fan, but I, I'll take him in my top five. And then rounding it out on number five, I I like Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a he's a force. He's, I mean, I gotta say, this man is really good. <laughs> yeah, he he's is having, him. He is him for sure. Yeah, he's him. So, but again, it's basically a quarterback award at this point. But those that running back and him should, I feel like they should be in the running for it. So you may be mad at me. Because who I put in my Heisman candidate, but I have, but I have a, I have a defense for it. Okay, it's like Caleb we didn't take the, Listen, I have a defense <laughs> for everything I say. Okay, but for sure I got Michael Penix. I still believe he should be the number one quarterback to come out to the uh, draft. I got Bo Nix. Um, 
Bo's just going to be Bo. He got plenty of weapons to throw to. They got a good mm-hmm. run game in Oregon. Got a great defense. So, Bo Nix. I like Michael Michael McCarthy uh, from Michigan. I think he is well. Um, I have Marvin Harrison. That's kind of what I didn't expect you to say, but I guess you know, <laughs> we were on the same wavelength with that. But I don't think for the rest of the season, I don't think he should have a game under 80, 85 yards. Yeah. I don't think he should have. And then my, and then you know, I I gotta put Caleb Williams in there, and yeah, I know he's lost two games, but but but, but there's a Heisman, there's a high, a person that won the Heisman that also lost two games, and people don't talk about it a lot, but he is one of the greatest quarterbacks came out of Baylor, it's, uh, RG three, you know what I mean? Baylor had lost two games, I actually I think three, maybe two or three, don't no quote me on that. But he still won the Heisman, right? Because he had the stats to back it up. I think Caleb was going to surprise everybody. I think Lincoln Riley's going to finally get it. Like, hey, my bad. I've been, I've been, I've been too easy on the defense. I haven't been coming, you know, coming up with the schemes and getting on my coordinator for not making it. A good game, so you can go in and run the offense. You don't have to go in and just try to have a big explosive play, right? Uh, Jalen Daniels was kind of like my sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. I just don't think. I think the only reason he has stats like that is because he doesn't have a defense. So I mean, that's what I'm know, saying. I mean, he he has to show up, so that's why he's in my he top five. <laughs> he has no he has choice. To show up <laughs> over time, so. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But looking forward um, to this week nine, no matchups. So we're gonna do a little. Don't take our parlay. So just <laughs> let let everyone know we're gonna we're gonna put our parlay on the week nine matchups. But do not take our parlay. We don't condone and you gambling away millions of dollars or hundreds of dollars. Be responsible. And uh, we're not responsible for you losing your money. Um, so I want you to tell me who wins. Oregon against Utah's on Fox 3:30 Eastern Time. Who you got? Uh, you said you said the over or under on that one. What, what do we? What, 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 yeah, who wins? Uh, I think Oregon wins. It's going to be close, but I think Oregon will end up pulling it out at the end. It's it's gonna be a tough game though, really tough game. The way the Utah's gonna, defense is playing and everything, it's gonna be, it's gonna go to the wire. I'm gonna pick Utah. I think they're gonna pull it through. <laughs> I, I'm 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 trusting, I'm trusting the pig farmer. You know what I mean? I'm trusting. Right. I'm trusting. Whatever. Uh, Oklahoma plays Kansas. Right, Oklahoma's gonna blow them out. Uh, your favorite quarterback, Spencer Rattler, goes to Texas A and M. Um, what do you think about that one, South Carolina? Uh, I'm I'm getting off the Spencer Rattler train, and uh, I'm going with A and M. This man upsets me every week. So, nah, A and M. Texas versus BYU. Oh, so I'm taking Texas, but BYU is going to make it a game. Especially, uh, especially, especially if Quinn is out. 
I think it's gonna be a game. Oh, yeah. When it, I just reminded myself, Quinn is out. Mm-hmm. And BYU always gives gives Texas trouble. I think it's gonna be a game, but Texas will will end up winning. I'm gonna take Texas, and then on the South Carolina A and M game, I'm gonna take South Carolina. I do not trust Jimbo Fisher in Texas A. But you, you know you his trust, buyout. You trust, you trust uh, Spencer Rattler though. Crazy. I will take Spencer Rattler. I will take Spencer. You know, I'll take him. Just trust All him. Right. I'll take him. He he shows up every other game. So this is his every last game. Other he game. Didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> last game he did show up. This is game he'll show up. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's buyout at Texas A&M is like $70 million. So if they want to fire him, they got to come up with 70 big ones. They got it. They just got to, uh, what's it called? Sell a stadium or something. Boosters got it. Sell Somebody important. <laughs> Somebody with the oil money. Yeah, yeah, one of them boosters got money. That's Especially a lot in College cash. Station. That's a lot of cash. All right, so we go to number one, Georgia versus Florida. Nah, I think Georgia's going to be just fine. It's going to be another beating. All right, I'm taking Georgia, too. Notre Dame versus Pitt. Now, this, this, Notre Dame could lose. I'm going to pick Notre Dame, but... I feel like they're not going to play well against Pitt. Pitt upset Louisville. Like I said. <laughs> no, I, I'm still, I, thinking, I'm still I, thinking. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm still going to take Notre Dame, but Pitt's going to make them work for it. It's going to be super close. I think. You know what? Never mind. I'm going to just go ahead and take Pitt. I'm gonna just take it because I something's We're both telling. Gonna take the yeah, I, something's telling me that Notre Dame is not gonna show up. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna take Pitt. I don't. I don't know. It's just something's telling me to take Pitt. It's yeah. a three thirty game too. It's not a night game. I don't think Notre Notre Dame plays good in the in the midday. They play good at nighttime or they play good early in the morning. Uh, Duke versus Louisville. Uh, I think uh, Duke is going to – well, no, wait, the quarterback. I don't know. It depends if the quarterback's going to play or not. But uh, if he plays, Duke will win. But if he doesn't play, Louisville will, will win. So uh, I'll go ahead and just take it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a game-time decision, but I'll, for just for the sake of picking somebody, I'll take Louisville. All right, you got Joe Milton going into Kentucky with Ryan Davis, big Ryan Davis in the Kentucky backfield. Who are you taking? Mind um, uh, you, just up like twenty-one. What was it like twenty-one zero on Alabama? Yeah, that's what, Alabama. that's what I, that's what I was trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm. A, I'll still take Tennessee. They're still a good team, and I think they'll they'll be hungry, real hungry this week. So, yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee with me also. Um, I think Joe Milton's finally getting in his in his groove. Ohio State versus Wisconsin for one of your primetime games on NBC. 
Ohio State. Uh, I don't think they're going to play good, but I think they'll still win. You don't think they're going to play well? No, after coming off that that game with Penn State this this past week, I think they're going to struggle against Wisconsin just because they're going to take them for granted. I just think it's just another team they're going to blow by. They're going to win still, but I think it's going to be hard fought. All right, I'm interested to hear your pick on this. Primetime, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. You got Colorado playing UCLA Bruins. Dion, primetime with Colorado, has got to play UCLA. UCLA probably has one of the best defense in the Pac-12. I think they're right under Utah. Man, I love Deion Sanders in Colorado, and I'm glad they're doing well this year. But I think they're they're gonna lose. I take UCLA. They're coming off a bye week from a pretty devastating loss to uh, Stanford. Twenty nine zero comeback. They're gonna be hungry, but it's gonna be like I said from the other games of Oklahoma and Texas. They're gonna have that bye hangover, but. I think UCLA will still pull it out. So we disagreed on A&M in, in South Carolina, and then we disagreed on Oregon and Utah. Everything else we were pretty pretty much agreed on. But I'm going to take Colorado. Um, I think Dion probably made his team run 100, maybe 100 to 200. Up downs or not <laughs> up downs, but the laps for that loss and because they had to practice the next day. I heard him in the in the in their little locker room interview. He's like, you know, we're gonna get yeah. you right. It's it's my fault for not making sure you get right, and we are practicing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst thing you ever from your coach after the game is gonna practice. Definitely. UCLA still has a freshman quarterback. Um, he's still turnover prone. Like, I think he's going to maybe throw two or three picks because Travis Hunter is back. I think that secondary is finally going to get it under control. And I think we might see Colorado knock off UCLA Bruins. Um, but, yeah. We'll see how it goes. But I still um, believe in UCLA. Yeah, I do too. But I appreciate <laughs> you coming. Uh, coming through for the uh for the podcast and uh hopefully we get to see uh more of you and get to see your picks. Um <laughs> my picks, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, more than like I get to copy your picks because when I don't copy <laughs> your picks you hit like you hit a four hundred, five hundred dollar ticket and then next day I copy your picks is like the wide receiver digging through too. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, you know I'm I'm about to like put some there right now too. You're like Drake, man. You're 50 50. I, I can't trust you in the clutch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I, I guess I, got, I just got to bet on Thursdays because that's, that's the only time I win, looks like. But I'm going to try again today here in a minute. We'll oh, see. Man. We'll see. But everyone listening, we appreciate you coming um, through and listening to us on the Over and Under podcast. Once again, uh, let's thank James uh, Spencer, he, which is your sleep pro pick expert for coming through and chilling with us. I'll take all my picks, though. 
Uh, as you know, my name is Charles Comer. I appreciate you. Uh, like the video, subscribe. Let us know what we could have done better. Let us know if some topics you want topics you want us to know. Sorry, let us know if there's some topics you want us to discuss about. Um, thank you for coming, and we are out. See y'all.